Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schellenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve is the number one national best-selling author. He's successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for organizations around the world, an executive coach, the father of six, and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Here is Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you might be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and today our guest has a unique and special talent in today's fast-changing world and is one of the best at what he does. Welcome, Joseph Affelbaum. We're so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you, Steve. I'm so happy to be on the Becoming Your Bed podcast. Well, great. Now, before we get started... I'd like to help you become a little better acquainted with Joe. Let me just tell you a little about his background. Joe is the CEO and co-founder of Ajax Union, and that's a digital marketing agency based in Brooklyn. Uh, It's a boutique internet marketing firm that develops and implements strategies to enhance the online presence of its small and mid-sized business clients and helps them outrank their larger competitors. Uh, He's a public speaker, certified Google trainer, and a published business author. He enjoys speaking and writing about a broad range of business topics, which you're going to see in a few minutes as we'll have the chance to talk about that. And he's the host of the popular podcast CEO Mojo, and has been featured on popular podcasts including Hal uh, Elrod, which is a friend, and New Customer Machine. He's also the producer of Grow Time TV. He's a member of the Board of Directors of the Entrepreneurs Organization in Brooklyn, which is a tremendous group with over 11,000 CEOs, and also a contributing member of the Inc. Business Owners Council. And uh, he's just a terrific fellow. He's proud of his many accomplishments, but most of all, he's proud of his very successful wife, and beautiful, amazing children. So, Joe, let's just jump right into this, and we're going to have the chance to get to know you better. Tell us about your background so that people can get to know yeah. you better. And, and you have such an interesting background, and as you reflect on your life, what were some key turning points that ended up having a big impact on your future? So I grew up uh, watching my mother try to live the American dream in her store. She opened up a store in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but back in the 80s and 90s, it was very popular for for tourists to come and to shop. There was a, there was a law that big department stores weren't allowed to be open on Sundays, and everybody was able to go to the Lower East Side, and everybody would shop over there. And my mother opened up a, a clothing store there, which grew over the decade that she had it. But I always watched her slave away to try to live the American dream, to try to have a seven-figure business, to try to buy some real estate and do her things. And she was never able to do that. Um, and it had a very, very big impact in my life. And it really motivated me, motivated me to want to be able to achieve that. So when I got married, I bought a home right away. And I worked really, really hard 
to try and live that dream and to try to have a seven-figure business. I had seven side businesses, and I was hoping that one of them, that I would get lucky because my mother really had a luck mentality. Everything was about luck. And <laughs> I remember um, trying to get lucky and trying to get lucky and trying to get lucky. And I got lucky. Um, I got married, and I got lucky. My wife got pregnant. But then I had a tremendous failure because my first child was a stillbirth. Oh my. And for me, it put me into a very, very big depression. I gave up on my businesses. I gave up on my life. I didn't want to move on. And, you know, I remember just dragging my feet, going to the synagogue, just not knowing what my purpose in life was, thinking to myself, I'm not worth living. I'm not worth doing anything. And it was a friend of mine who came over to me and said, Joe, you really need to get a job just so that you can get your mind off things. And I'm like, I'm not employable. Who would want to employ me? I said, he said, I know the perfect guy that would want to employ you with all your flaws. So I went and I got a job. I told the guy I have a bunch of businesses. He's like, I don't care what you do on the side. I want you to work full time for me. He's like, I have this $100,000 implementation that you know nothing about, but I'm sure within 24 hours, you'll be able to figure it out and do the implementation for us. He flew me down to Minnesota. I did the implementation. I got motivated again. <laughs> and then I started again with a bunch of businesses on the side. And eventually my side hustle became my, you know, so I worked really, really hard, went from job to job. Four jobs later, I walked into the CEO. I remember walking into the CEO's office of a luxury watch company, which I helped grow from $3 million to $40 million by doing some marketing, some amazing marketing tactics for them. And I had this side company called Ajax Union, which I was running with my partner. And I walked into the CEO. He's like, oh, how's your side company going with your partner? I said, it's doing really well. Actually, my partner wants me to leave and work full time. He said, Joe, you've done so much for us. I want you to go be the CEO of your own company. I want to become your biggest client. I got very emotional. I gave him a hug and uh, I went to go work for myself. And we grew that company over 18 months to be number 178 on the Inc. 500. We doubled our revenue three years in a row and we continued to grow. And what I learned at that point is that I had so many fears in my life that I haven't even acknowledged while I was doing all this. The fear of public speaking, the fear of having my photo on social media, the fear of networking, the fear of losing weight. I had so many fears, which I had to overcome to truly transform my life. Um, I had to take my business from being a transactional business to being a business that was all about relationships and eventually learn my purpose. So I'm writing a book called Average Joe to CEO, where I go through those seven stages, which is the belief systems I have to overcome, how I overcame failure, what work ethic meant to me, the focus that I had to have in my life and the way my partner helped me be able to focus and get rid of all my side hustles so I could focus on one business and be able to drive the growth, the fears I had to overcome, the relationships I had to build, and then finally, why I do everything that I do, my purpose. So that's kind of like the, 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 the little areas of my life that I had to go through and look back and say, these are the most impactful areas of my life. And the things that I've achieved and the things that I've learned, I want to be able to pass on to many generations. I now have five kids. We just had our fifth child three weeks ago. All right. Girl, Congratulations. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talk about talk about going from somebody who could barely afford to pay their rent to somebody who was able to purchase a home, which was my dream, and, um, and be able to start a seven-figure biz business that became a seven-figure business and continues to grow and continues to transform continues to create jobs and help mid-sized companies be able to grow also. So we're not only growing ourselves, but we've been able to help over 1,100 companies over the past seven years, many of them be able to grow to be over $100 million companies. Wow, that is some impressive set of experiences right there. 
And, you know, just think about that. I, I love the things that Joe's talking about here, about uh, the thoughts and ideas and focus he had that came from his mom, the example of his mom, and the inspiration that she had. And this is how we can learn from other people sometimes. And uh, as Joe knows, because we've talked just a little bit about it, as we work on becoming your best, one of my very favorite thoughts is this one by Ralph Waldo Emerson, sow a thought and you reap an action, sow an act and you reap a habit, sow a habit and you reap a character, and sow a character and you reap a destiny. Now just think about what Joe just shared with us. Uh, these seven things that he could do that would help put him on the map were what he started thinking about a lot. Is that what you found, that really focusing on those thoughts help have a big influence on your success? I think that um, working on your beliefs, before you can even have a thought, your thoughts are automatic until you start checking what you believe, why you're doing something. If you don't even understand what your beliefs are, then your thoughts are just going to be based on your beliefs. Everything that we think, the reasons why things happen to us in our life has to do with beliefs. So if you, like many entrepreneurs, believe that everything has to do with luck, that luck, 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 luck. We're either lucky or we're either unlucky. We're either going to get the right customer by getting lucky, trying to get as many customers as possible. We're going to get lucky and find the right wife. We're going to get lucky and find the right relationship. We're going to get lucky and we're going to fall in love. Love is not a hole that you fall into. Love is something that you create. Love is something that you create, and you don't just get lucky in life. You get lucky to be born. You get lucky to breathe. You get lucky to listen to podcasts like this one, to read Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. That's called getting lucky. But just having an idea is not luck. Implementing the idea and having the right beliefs that allow you to implement those ideas is the foundation to be able to do the things that you need to do is the foundation to be able to overcome those failures is the foundation to be able to put in the work with the right attitude to build the right skills to have the right experience is the foundation to be able to even focus because if you believe that everything's luck you're not going to focus on what your dream is you're going to focus on whatever the 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 menu of the day is the catch of the day is you're going to be all over the place you're not going to be able to focus because you don't know what your own values are. You don't even know what you stand for because it doesn't matter because everything's about luck. And then another belief that I see that entrepreneurs believe in besides luck is not being able to trust others. They don't trust employees. They can't delegate. They don't trust themselves, and they, they second-guess their own gut feelings. They don't trust the government. They don't trust competitors. You know, competitors have been one of the greatest sources of our businesses because when somebody's not right for them, they send it to us, and when somebody's not right for us, we send it to them. So if you can't trust competitors and you can't trust people and you can't trust the government and you can't trust yourself and you can't trust your spouse because you're spying on them because you're jealous, <laughs> then how are you supposed to be successful? You need to learn what trust is. Trust isn't a guarantee. So I thought a lot about trust and I thought about the fact that I didn't understand what trust was and I learned from my mother and my father and my grandparents about what they believe trust is and that's another self-limiting belief that I, I had to overcome in order to be able to change my thoughts. And the third thing is change. Change is so important, but people say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? They say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then I look at them and say, dude, you are broke. It's time to change something. <laughs> ah, 
Oh, oh, that's great. Well, how, what, what a tremendous focus and understanding that, that you're just not going to luck into things that it comes. But I like what you're saying is it's a result of believing in certain things that will help you to be successful as you've just outlined. So what wisdom, that's great. As you lay this foundation for yourself that helps produce this success. And so some of these key things that Joe just talked about are the things that have a natural consequence of producing success for you. So great job. Those are awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now, Joe, you have an enormous amount of experience and a great background in internet marketing and and helping small and medium-sized firms to really build their brands and to be competitive. So you've shared a little about how you got going into this business and how you've done it yourself. So what are some of the most important things uh, that you can recommend to help people build their brand? And we're going to get into some other things later, resources for our listeners that you have available. But what would be some of the uh, key ones that you might recommend? I would say if you're looking to build your brand, you need to first have a strategy. If you don't know where you're going, you might get somewhere else. I once heard somebody say that in a quote. And I remember when your son Rob came to do a seminar, he stood up and he told everyone, stand up and close your eyes and point north. And everybody closed their eyes and everybody pointed somewhere else. When they opened up their eyes, everyone saw that nobody knew where north was. If in your company you don't have a cohesive strategy, if everybody doesn't know what the goal is, if everybody doesn't know where they're going and how you want to succeed, everybody's going to go somewhere else. And that goes the same thing with your marketing strategy. It starts with understanding what the goal is, what your metrics are, what do you want to accomplish. And I'm telling you, a lot of business owners, whether they're small or mid-sized companies, even $100 million firms, they don't, have a key, they don't have a cohesive marketing strategy. They don't have a cohesive goal. They just want to grow their business, but they're not sure how they're going to grow their business. They're not sure what they're going to promote first because there's so many different products and there's so much opportunity out there. And when you zero in on the most important opportunity and when you know what your tactics are going to be based on your strategy, your likelihood of succeeding is much, much, much greater. And there's another thing is that a lot of people don't have specific key performance indicators to know whether or not they're going to be successful when it comes to their digital marketing. A lot of people are out there and they're doing SEO. They're doing social media. But just doing social media is not going to help you be able to achieve the results you're looking to achieve. You need to have specific metrics that will help you, specific key performance indicators within your SEO, within your social media, within your Google AdWords, within your marketing automation. You do a really great job sending out automated emails with quotes. And I get those till today. I'm getting your emails. You do a really great job automating your marketing. And there's a lot of companies out there that are not doing that. And they're not measuring. They don't have a strategy. So the first step is create a strategy. Second step is know what you're going to measure. And once you do that, now it's about testing. Marketing is about testing. There isn't one answer to your marketing. Just because your competitor is spending $100,000 a month on AdWords, and they're successful, it doesn't mean that you're going to be successful because their customers, the customers that are good for them, are not necessarily the customers that are good for you. In many industries, you have a very unique customer that's there to fulfill your competitive advantage, that care about your competitive advantage. Those are the customers that are going to last, that are going to be transformational customers as opposed to just a bottom-of-the-barrel, the lowest-cost provider. That's not how you're going to grow your business. You're going to grow your business with dedicated customers that love you based on your values. So you have to understand what your values are. 
You have to understand where your customers are hanging out. And marketing is about testing. So we preach that. We teach that to our customers. We do workshops within our, our organizations that we work with. We specialize in doing B2B lead generation. So when we help a customer that's a B2B company that is doing 20, 30, 40, $50 million a year, they're spending a couple hundred thousand dollars online, we help them be able to leverage their budget properly by coming up with a strategy, by identifying the right dashboards and metrics that they need, and then by testing, testing, testing so that they can get the biggest bang for their buck. Sometimes it's not about spending more money. Sometimes it's about being smarter about how you convert the leads that you're already getting. We had a company called MakerBot that we were working with, and we helped them be able to cut their spending and double their leads. By implementing technology, you can do that. You can spend less and get better leads because just because you have more leads, it doesn't mean your sales team is going to be much more effective. <clears throat> Uh, Joe, that's great advice. Uh, yeah, really understand the strategy, have it clear. What are your KPIs? And then uh, just test, test, test. So you know how it's going. Now, uh, if you're visiting with a, a, a relatively, let's say a company that's growing, they're trying to figure it out. Uh, they're probably in many cases, particularly a uh, smaller or medium-sized firm, may not have a department already dedicated to doing this. So how would they set that up? How do they get the resources they need to effectively set a strategy uh, to know how to track the KPIs? Where, where do they do this? How do they get it? Do, do they hire someone? Well, Can they go outside? What do, you, what do you recommend if you're sitting next to me advising me? So there are three different ways that you can get your marketing up to speed. Way number one is you could hire somebody internally. You could spend $100,000, $200,000, get the right person in your organization, and have them help you do what you need to do. Number two is you can get a consultant. You could pay somebody a couple hundred dollars an hour to come into your organization, set you all up, recommend you to the right agencies, help you recruit the right companies or the right employees, whatever the best solution is within your organization. And number three is find an agency that you trust Option number three is find an agency that you trust that will come in as your partner and handle that for you. So while I started my business, I thought that I had to have everything in-house. I, I had over 75 employees. I had a dozen writers, a dozen people doing social media. I had a bunch of programmers. I had, I had people doing everything. I even had an IT guy in-house. I had a full-time bookkeeper. Everything was in-house, and I said everything needs to be in-house. As I grew to be a larger organization, what I realized was that there are certain things that I just don't do well. And I'm not going to be doing my own IT anymore, ever. I have a managed IT service company. I pay them $1,000, $1,500, $2,000 a month. They handle all my IT. What happened after my IT guy left? I stopped having IT problems. He would just fiddle with everything and try to find a better way to do the router. Now these guys, they come, they set everything. If my computer burns out or they break, they just send the guy down, they fix the computer. Same thing with my finances. I used to have a full-time bookkeeper. My, payroll, my, my QuickBooks was always three weeks behind somehow. I outsourced the whole thing. I spent a couple thousand dollars with a guy. My QuickBooks is up to date every single day on the spot. I need a P&L. I need a cash flow statement. I need anything on the fly. He sends me cash flow reports every single week. I have my eyes on the cash every single day. And I know exactly what's going in, what's going out, what the numbers are, what AR looks like, what AP looks like. I've never had such a great service. 
because I outsource that component of my business. Now, if you're looking and you want marketing in-house, that's fine. You should do that. You should try that out. That might work well for you. But what, I've, what we found with many mid-sized companies, they realize the best approach is for them to hire a consultant or an agency to help them be able to achieve that. And if it's friendly for you and it works for you, then you should definitely give it a shot. And worst case scenario, the agency can help you find somebody in-house for other things to save you money, like for more of an entry-level person to do graphics or for a writer or for someone to do things that don't necessarily take the type of skill and strategy that you need from an agency. But I would say you have to get somebody, whether it's a coach, a consultant, an agency, somebody to help you be able to figure out what you need to do. And then the second thing is you need to educate yourself. A lot of people say, oh, I just don't do marketing. If you're a CEO of a company, if you're an executive at an organization, you better learn marketing because it's a key function in your business. Just like you better learn recruiting. Just like you better know your numbers. Don't tell me you don't know your numbers. Go learn how to figure out what a P&L looks like and, and look at those numbers and understand the six or seven numbers that you have to understand within your business. Because otherwise, you might go bankrupt. Same thing with your marketing. You have to understand some basic numbers. I'm not saying get down and do it dirty and do your own marketing yourself as a CEO, but understand what's going on. Understand how to read KPIs. Understand how to look at your metrics. Understand what your lifetime value of a customer is and what it's going to take for you to grow your organization. Get educated a little bit. Read some books. Listen to some podcasts. Take a seminar. That's what I would tell a leader at an organization. Get educated and find the right consultant to help you out. Oh, I love it. Oh, that is outstanding, Joe. I mean, what you're talking about here, your advice of laying a foundation success is critical for any CEO to be successful of doing the things that creates the ability to be the best of class of what you do, because that's what it's about. How do we become the best in what we're doing? And following your recipe, what you're recommending is so right on target. So great job on that. Thanks. Thank you very much. And one more thing that I want to add is that if you don't have your vision at the tip of your tongue, our vision is amazing clients, amazing employees to be an amazing company. It's literally written on the wall in huge letters right in front of our entire staff. All of our clients know what it is. We say it at every single business meeting, whether it's internal meeting or external meetings or board of directors meetings. We make sure to say the vision. It's important to understand what your vision is and make sure that all the stakeholders involved can help you be able to, to, to create that vision together. Uh, terrific. And one of the things <laughs> that we talk about is great leaders produce great results, and that's exactly what Joe's talking about today. We've found that is one of the common denominators. You can take a great leader and put them in a poorly operating operation. Pretty soon, that operation is also going to be great, and these are the things that you do. Now, one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking, Joe, is uh, finding the right resource. So how would a CEO go about, or a leader of any organization, finding the right resource? Finding the right resource to help you set this, yeah. So how do you find the right marketing resource for your organization? When somebody says, Joe, how do I find the right employee? What I say is that skills, anybody can have the right skills. The question is, do they have the right attitude? Because you can't teach somebody an attitude. You can teach them a skill, but you can't necessarily teach them an attitude and change the bad habits or the bad thoughts that they have in their head. That's something that they need to want to do. 
but skills you can teach. So I would say is find a person, find a person that you are comfortable with as a human being, that you trust, that has the right attitude, that wants to help you. Because you can have the biggest whiz, that's the biggest marketing expert, and if you're not comfortable with them, if you can't have a candid conversation with them, then just because they know they're marketing, they're not going to be able to help your business. You have to have somebody that you're comfortable with. So when you're looking for an agency or a consultant or an employee, you have to have somebody that you actually want to call, that you actually want to interact with, that you actually want to work with. And obviously you want to have for them to have the skills. You want to see their case studies. You want to see what they can do for you. It's nice what they did for other people, but just ask, what can you do for me? And I always say that when you're working with somebody, do a test project with them. That's the way you're going to be able to see if they're just talking fluff or they can actually deliver the results. Are they willing to do a small project together with you to see if you can work with them? Just like before you get into a partnership with somebody, you first have to work with them in order to know if you even want to be partners with them. Same goes with an employee, same goes with an agency. Do a test project with an agency, do a test project with a consultant. And if it's successful, you know, I had amazing consultants that came through our door and we trusted them with test projects. Some of them succeeded, some of them failed. And that taught us that we don't have to get into this massive project with somebody. That doesn't mean that they're not a good consultant. That just means that they're not a good consultant for us and let them find somewhere else where they could be great. So. You have to do a test, but also realize that it's not necessarily about finding the person who knows the best, who knows the most. It's about the person that can execute in your culture. Okay, well, that is tremendous advice, really. That was worth our whole podcast for someone listening that's looking. I love that idea. And uh, so while we have really one of the best in the world with us on this podcast today, what's a range that a company might consider investing to receive these kind of services. Is that a fair question, Joe? It probably Absolutely. ranges all Absolutely. over, but give us some help on that. It's all over the place. What I tell somebody is before you set your budget, figure out where you want to go. Just like before you fill up your tank with gas, let's say you have an SUV that can hold a million gallons of gasoline. Are you going to add a million gallons of gasoline? Before you know it, you're going to be using gasoline to take the gasoline around, right? Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is, you need to figure out exactly how far you need to go, like with a fighter jet, right? You're not going to fill up the entire tank because you want it to be light. Right. So if you're only going to go 20 miles with the fighter jet, you're only going to put 20 miles worth of fuel in there or 40 miles worth of fuel for an emergency. You're not going to put 4,000 miles worth of fuel in there because you don't need to. So you have to figure out what you're trying to accomplish. It's so important to have a key strategy before you go out and do your marketing, before you even set your budget. You need to figure out where you want to go. You need to figure out what your lifetime value of a customer are, is what your cost per acquisition is, what, are you, what do you want to pay per customer, how many customers do you want. You have to understand what you want to do within your organization. And once you understand those things, then you'll be able to be successful and set a budget. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you say, I want to add a million dollars of new business in the next year. Or you say, I want to add $10 million of new business. And you know that you could afford to spend $500,000 in marketing to get a million dollars in new business because you have a 75% net margin or you have a 40% gross margin and you're willing to throw everything into the fire there to acquire those customers because they're residual clients. They spend a million this year, they'll spend a million next year, they'll spend two million the following year because you have a great sales team and you'll upsell, right? So if you understand what you want to create at the end of the day, then you could understand what you want to invest. 
Steve, I can ask you for you. What does a client pay you? Let's say a client pays you $50,000 for a seminar. And you say, okay, how often do they do the seminar with you? You say, okay, they'll do the seminar with me once every three years because they're so happy to get new salespeople once every three years. So, so, every, so for every nine years, they're going to spend $150,000 with you. I'll say, Steve, how many of those customers do you want per year? He'd be like, well, I can't handle more than 100 yeah. <laughs> because that's all I can handle. That's, that's what I can handle. If I had 100, I'd be super happy. I say, okay, Steve, what are you willing to pay for each one of those customers? I say, well, it's just my time and my effort and my energy. I'm willing to pay 50%. So you're willing to pay for every, for every $150,000 of revenue that you can make over nine years, you're willing to pay $75,000. Be like, yes, if you can get me 100, I'm willing to do that. They're like, okay, excellent. So let's test out. Let's test out, you know, 75, let's test out $100,000 and let's see if we can get you two or three or four and try to blow your budget and try to get you past and get you clients for cheaper than what you want to pay. You want to pay $75,000 for a client that you'll make $150,000 off. Maybe you can get 10 clients for $75,000. How, how would you like if we did that? And they'd be like, oh my God, if you did that, that would be amazing. It would save me so much money, so much effort, so much energy. I only have to spend $7,500 instead of $75,000. Well, so let's test out with $75,000. Our goal will be to get at least one client over the course of the year. And if we get you 10, then you need a really consider how much you're going to be spending and how to spend it and so on. So that's how you want to build a budget. You need to be thinking about your outcome, what you want to accomplish, how much you could afford to spend. I had a guy who was spending $10 million, who was making $10 million on Amazon. And I said, what's your marketing budget? He's like, no, Amazon doesn't charge anything. There's no marketing budget. Be like, Amazon charges you a percent. He's like, yeah, I'm paying them 25%. I'm like, so you're spending 200 and you're spending $2.5 million to make your $10 million and you have the audacity to tell me that you spend nothing on marketing. <laughs> Did you know that if you spend the $2.5 million trying to make the 10 million on your own website, instead of Amazon, the second time the customer would come, they wouldn't go to Amazon and buy from your competitor. They would come to you and refer business to you and you'd be building your brand and you could spend the same $2.5 million on Google AdWords, the same way Amazon does. And you can acquire the same customer or maybe it'll cost you 3 million, but the customers will be yours. You're like, I didn't think of that. That's very true, Joe. I should really reconsider the way that I think about how I spend my money on Amazon. And a lot of people don't think about that. A lot of people don't think, yes, you are spending money on marketing. Those trade shows that you go to that you spend $600,000 exhibiting, that's marketing dollars. And you should really think about how you can leverage those $600,000, how you can leverage every asset that you have to help you be able to achieve what you want to achieve, which is your goal. Well, terrific. Uh, I just can't believe how fast this has gone today. We've really received some terrific ideas uh, and also practical discussions as we think about uh, marketing, how to get into it, how to start analyzing it. And Joe has some great resources. So how can our listeners learn more about what you're doing? So if you want to learn more about me, you can go to joeapfelbaum.com. You can Google me and see all the resources on there. You can check out my podcast, ceomojo.com. I'm interviewing 52 CEOs that built seven-figure businesses from scratch. This year, I, am, uh, I, have, a, I have a TV show called growtime.tv. If you want to find out more information about my digital marketing agency, Ajax Union, you can go to ajaxunion.com. We're very selective with the type of business that we take. We typically look for B2B companies that want lead generation, that spend a few hundred thousand dollars a year. And we're very selective with the type of clients that we get now. We're taking on very, very few clients. If you'd like to speak to us, we're happy to review and talk to you and advise you. We have a podcast on our website. We have a blog post that we put out. 
I'm coming out with my book called Average Joe to CEO. It talks about the seven stages of how I went from Average Joe to CEO. That's coming out soon. So if you want to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can go to joeappledown.com and you could subscribe. I send out an email every single Sunday to thousands of leaders with my insights and my ideas. If you go on Facebook, I have a daily video that I put up called Street Talk, where I talk for three minutes about inspiration. And you could also watch me live prepare my smoothie, which I do every single day, sometimes with my children, sometimes on my own. So you can check me out on Facebook. I share everything on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat. I'm all over social media. Connect with me on LinkedIn. And if there's a question that you have or if there's some help that you need in some way, I'm always looking to add value to other people's lives. So please never hesitate to contact me. And there you have it. Boy, this has been fun. Thanks for all the thoughts and Thank you, Joseph Affelbaum, for being part of this show today. The ideas you've shared uh, really can be invaluable for anyone interested in improving the value of their brand and marketing and building their organization. So we wish you all the best as you're making a difference in the world. Thank you very much, and thank you all for listening. Thank you, Steve, for having me on this podcast and for all the amazing work you do with Becoming Your Best. It's really transformational. Well, thanks. It's been a really a privilege to have you here. And to all of our listeners, you. yeah, you bet. And to all of our listeners, never forget, you too can make a difference every single day of your life. I'm Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best, wishing you a great day. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.